do, damned if I don't, you know I got a girl back home, you got a man, what you want, what you want, what these bitches want from a nigga. So, what does um, Martin Luther King Day <laughs> mean to you? Oh, oh, the J. Cole song, is that what I'm going to mean to you? <laughs> well, I am from Fayetteville, so... Um, yeah, right. I thought it would be only appropriate to go along with the topic. Um, MLK, for me, it's always been, you know, our President's Day. You know, it's the closest thing that, you know, we had back then to, you know, a leader who truly unified our community. And so all through school, we would, you know, have to do speeches in church or... You know, art activities where we have to color his brown face with crayons that I guess kind of matched our skin tone. Um, but anyway, we always held like a point of reverence. We knew it was like an important day, you know, because. Um, in your house? Yeah, in our house, um, mostly in school. What did your parents tell you? Like, what? Because that, for me, it was just another day off of school. You know, and then my parents would be like, oh, you know, Martin Luther King, he was a peaceful protester. That was pretty much it. Well, they told us a little bit more in my house. Um, he was a peaceful protester, yes, but he was also, like, a, an activist, a revolutionary. You know, he was, like, going against peaceful systems, you know, so we always kind of knew him as, like, the chaos agent as well. Well, specifically, like, what do you remember your parents telling you about him? Um, specifically? Like, I'm, 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 I'm just curious as, I'm, I guess I'm trying to get to, like, like, your childhood beliefs as opposed to, like, how you feel and believe now. Like, do you think it is because of the way that maybe your, your parents... I never really remember specific stories about, like, the importance of MLK, like, coming from my parents. I only heard stories about their experiences during civil rights movement, stories about, you know, integration. My mom remembers whenever integration happened in school, and she said she wasn't happy about it. Explain, <laughs> explain, explain integration. <laughs> integration to her, um, you know, she grew up in all-black schools, and, and she remembers having to be bussed into the white kids' school and getting called nigger, and, you know, just remembering not wanting to be part of this new system that was put in place. Um, for my dad, his story is a little bit different because he got bussed off to St. Andrews, which was a, a private boarding school for all gifted young kids. But there happened to be a little white Jewish lady who wanted to have a program where she got all of the you know, most advanced Negro boy students and give him a chance to go to some Ivy League schools and some proper education. My dad was one of the 12 that were selected. And and went on to be a doctor and went on yeah. to be very accomplished and had a very Yeah, and so I, I guess where I'm, I'm rambling, but I'm getting along. He went to um, Duke, and he says he, rem he went, went to Duke for medical school, Brown for undergraduate, and he said he remembers his first year at Brown up in Maine, he remember being terrified because he was walking through the campus and there were, you know, guess guys just up in the 
and the door was just screaming down at him like, nigger, nigger, as long as he could. And he just remembered not wanting to be in a fight and just feeling scared. So, and my mom, she, on her transcript from high school, it had um, cause for campus unrest because she used to like to go and, and protest and march. And her famous stories like, oh, I marched with Angela Davis back in the 70s. Like, she was proud, you know, to be a part of the civil rights movement. So, we didn't really talk about a whole much about Dr. King. But, but just you talked what, about the civil rights days and what it was like yeah. and how lucky you are to have it as good as you have it, probably. I, I catch myself saying that to my kids a lot, not about um, those things, but I'm sure uh, it's it's one of those things that is common. A lot of people will say, oh, you, you're so lucky these days or whatever, or, yeah. or be careful because... You know, I remember what it was like, so there's still people out there that, you know, have uh, that in their hearts. I wouldn't agree that that was really the message either. Um, but I do remember on MLK Day, the movies that would come out. And if Which got ones? Co- um, like the documentaries. You don't remember, like, getting stuck at your grandma's house, and then, you, like, there's, like, a Dr. King memory on, on that Memorial Day video on, and Honestly, it's got, my, like, that one black lady who's in every movie. My <laughs> most vivid, um, MLK memory was when the Northridge earthquake hit, um, in California, and I remember waking up to my house shaking. And then there was like aftershocks afterwards all that day. We didn't have school, but I remember walking from my boy, uh, or from my house to my boy Junior's house, and literally walking down the road and like watching cars rock back and forth, and then realizing like, oh, aftershock. That's what that is. Like, um, that that was my MLK um, memory. That's what I yeah. think of. That's where I go to. I don't really have anything other than that. Then, then you know. Okay. Poor jokes and um, I, I mean I like having the day off. That I I what I knew about Dr. King I guess I remember the story that um, he grew up uh, and I don't know if I fabricated this story or if I'm conflating it with something else, but he had some neighbors that he played with when he was a kid, and then one day their the neighbor's mom told him that they couldn't play together anymore because he was black. I don't know if, if does that ring a bell to you for Mm-mm. MLK? I don't know why, where I get that story from, but um, I related with him, and then that's where he got his uh, his first experience. You know what I mean? Like, why can't I play with the neighbor's kid? And the mom had to sit down with him. And was like, you know, because you're different. And some people don't like other different mm-hmm. people, and that's what I remember. And then he then he stood up peacefully. I remember yeah. him. He was the peaceful side of the 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 civil black rights civil movement. rights movement specifically um as opposed to Malcolm X who was uh, opposed in a very non-peaceful very I, violent I way. I want to talk about this word peaceful that <clears throat> we're throwing around cuz I want to be accurate whenever you're talking about what he does. He was non-violent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't call him like not peaceful because he was all about disturbing the peace, you know, through the different kinds of protests that they had, like even the sit-ins were criticized by, you know, non-blacks saying, well, like, yeah, we get what the blacks want. We get that they want their rights, but there's got to be a way. That's my white man voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be a right place in time. So just settle down. You guys will get your rights. But, you know, just not, you know, where you have to go and disturb anyone's day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've heard that back then with the peaceful sit-ins, sit-ins and I've heard that now 
with the Black Lives Matter movement, with like people, you know, standing in traffic or, you know, um, just being obstructive in in various um, meeting rooms with government officials to trying to get their voices heard and answered. People have always been saying that whenever black people stand up to talk about equal rights, it's disturbing the peace. So he's about nonviolent, you know, means of action, not peaceful. I was never the most um, studious um, of children. Mm -hmm. I, I was never, I was called a gentleman and a scholar, but I'm sure it was just a compliment that was thrown around loosely when it was in, put in my, direc my direction. So <clears throat> I, I didn't learn that much about volcanoes. Even when I liked dinosaurs, I didn't learn that much about it. So it's, I don't think it was... That's okay. I think my education was uh, uh, fleeting and I didn't always go to the best schools. It wasn't until my, later on in life when I did start going to the better schools. But... Uh, um, there have been a lot of uh, misconceptions about his life, especially after his death. People have tried to discredit him in many ways, like saying that, like, well, his name wasn't even really Martin, it was Michael. Or saying, like, he didn't even write half those speeches. He plagiarized, you know, and people went through great lengths. They said that he was, like, a sexual degenerate, having, like... She knows. <laughs> she knows. What, what they call them, like drunken orgies with with white prostitutes. See, now I never, I never heard this either. You know, mm -hmm. I never heard this either. Like when you told me about Mother Teresa being not such a great person, um, I didn't believe you. I was like, oh my god, don't say that. Like Mother Teresa is like known as one of the saints of the earth. Like probably, you know, if anyone's making it to heaven, it you know, in our lifetime, it was Mother Teresa, right? But. Then you look yeah. at some of those YouTube videos and it's like, oh, well, there's um, something else going on here. Now, I I don't know. I didn't, I didn't meet her. You know, I wasn't there. Yeah. And same with uh, Dr. King. But I know that there is a, uh, a great sense of pride. And, and he does uh, uh, invoke a lot of uh, powerful mm -hmm. emotion um, with uh, certain types of people. Um, yeah. Especially ones that remember the civil rights. Uh, I remember, you know, hearing stories of my uncle getting beat up in the hallways by a bunch of black girls, um, during the riots, uh, up in Danbury, Connecticut, mm -hmm. you know, um, around those same times. So I don't know <clears throat> how to, you know, compare the two. I did find it very interesting to hear that, um, uh, my boy, the meathead of all meatheads, uh, Joe Rogan had a, a dude on talking about that guy thought his his death was more of a conspiracy than JFK's. Yeah. Talking about the guy that killed him. The assassination of Dr. King. Said there was someone, there was probably some motivation behind that um, more than just, you know, like that guy was probably just a patsy. James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. Is the person who was charged with the assassination of Dr. King and um, it has been publicly acknowledged that the government set this up like that's a fact like you can you can snopes it right now um, well he was saying that there was definitely a pattern that James Earl Ray had followed before as a degenerate not not 
consistent with anything as far as, you know, paying his bills or, you know, he was known as like a, you know, drunk and always getting in trouble. And then a couple months before the assassination, he straightened up and bought a suit, had, um, you know, got a car. Um, there was definitely, it, it, there was a lot of evidence pointing towards someone funding him or someone maybe, maybe throwing some money his way and say, Hey, make this happen. Um, I don't know anything about it. Like I said, I've, I didn't start looking into MLK until today, 2019. So uh, call me late. There's there's probably a bunch of stuff back there. I didn't even know about the J. Cole song um, <laughs> was talking about Coretta. Now, I hear Coretta Scott get thrown around in some hip-hop songs every now and then. And I knew that uh, Dr. Martin Luther King did marry Coretta Scott. <clears throat> and I don't know... I mean, I guess there's a joke that he did like white women, you know? Have you heard that? Uh, Is that the J. Cole song? That's what he's referring no. to, right? I mean, Martin Luther King was an incredible man. Like, he wasn't bad looking, and I heard that he was, you know, invariably charming, especially with the ladies. Well, he was and very he was, charismatic. Yeah, and so women picked up on that energy. They wanted to be with a powerful man, so of course there were women. Yeah. I think there Throwing was a, themselves yeah, at Yeah, I think there was even a story where MLK was supposed to do a speech, and he says to his friend, he's like, do you see that lady in the red dress? And he's like, yeah, she, she's like into me or something. Like, he could just feel her energy. And yeah. then moments later, like, they're off talking somewhere. So, I mean, either way, it's just a, another way to try to discredit our leaders and well, well, Alexander the Great was was known to sleep with boys. You know what I mean? Does that discredit his, you know, his conquering or his his legacy? You know, everyone's boy lovers. You gotta love your haters. You know what I mean? You're always you're gonna have your haters. So it it doesn't. Mm. I think I. I think I never knew that he was a Grammy award winning. uh, Most of it is untrue though. You, oh, so you think a lot of that is just yeah. slander? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Okay. Yeah, so... So you don't think he, he liked white women? You, you think he, he was, you think but, he was, uh, but I think you think that he's faithful to his wife? I think that it's only brought to light to try to discredit him and to distract from his message and try to say, like, what could he know? So what you're saying is he was a great man, but still a man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I've, I don't I know anyone that's perfect. Yeah. I've never met anyone. You know. No, but he didn't plagiarize his speeches. Like that's not true. Oh, I well, I wouldn't think so. I I can I know that I have a dream speech is probably one of the most uh, mm-hmm. popular, timeless. Uh, yeah, they they said that he tried to um, take it from an old sermon some guy did back in the twenties, I think. Hmm. It, it sounded similar, but it wasn't you know plagiarized I don't know I don't really have a problem with it even if it had been you know it's all about timing what do you think about him getting a national holiday um well deserved yeah good move good form it's his birthday right yeah the 17th I think do we celebrate his death day as well you mean his assassination day yeah I don't think we celebrate it Not or really, really right, remember but it. They probably mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's good to to recognize uh, mm-hmm. uh, important people. It's a hard day to to be in. All our heroes 
are dead and our um, Don't say that. captors are in power. You got the Black Panther. <laughs> the spirit. Of we the do have the Black Panther, and there's a joke that says um, at least black people have Black Panther. All, right. All the Hispanics have is Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd rather be so. black in that case. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, wait, yeah, he was um, really important to the black community because he really helped unify us. You know, a lot of people think that just because I'm black and have an opinion that I'm, like, part of Black Lives Matter. And it's a shame that that's, like, the only unified vision of rebellion that we have. Like, I don't really necessarily you know, fall in line with what those people, what those guys think anyways. Um, but, um, I well, don't know. Let's get a little edgy. When, would you consider yourself, uh, would you align yourself with a social justice warrior type? Sometimes. Um, some About some things I can be very conservative, especially um, with my views on, like, femininity and women's rights and yeah, I don't know. Well, I believe there's a special balance, especially between men and women, and I think yeah. that should be respected and, and cared for and acknowledged. But It's turfy, though. Well, I, freedom, yeah. freedom breeds mm-hmm. inequality, you know? Some people want to try harder than others. Some people want to stay tradici- some, or traditional. Some people want to uh, reinvent the wheel and um, do things totally different. They want to just flip the game board over and... Uh, you know, revel in the chaos and, and completely, you know, start the game over from scratch. And I thought that's what was going to happen whenever I voted for Trump. Honestly, like, that's kind of what I was voting for. I just wanted something different. And I guess what I've gotten out of it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, a lot of bad things happened last year and this year. You know, with the Syrian babies washing up on the shores, and what else is awful going on? Oh, more all shootings. All the border stuff. All the, of the, the sh- dreamers getting pulled every, from their parents. Yeah, yeah, I've seen an ice truck here in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that wasn't happening when Obama was president. Well, I'm sure it was. That's stupid. There, you know, yeah, there's a lot of deporting going on. While I don't know. Was it's it really wasn't. nice and safe and cushy to think of, like, oh, like that president was so good, but he really probably wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole political system is broken. I don't want to get too political. Let's not mm-hmm. go down that path because I'm not. I'm trying to stay that. as moderate as possible. Yeah. Can no. you tell? Yeah. No. Well, that's a big thing. <laughs> I mean, you were you were trying to do something different. You were expecting something, but you know what? I think you will get that that you know. Uh, game over feeling you will get that that reset button um switch eventually because now i think the one good thing and i don't know if i've said it on this podcast before but the one good thing about trump is that uh he made it possible or he highlighted the to everyone that it's a joke that the our election system is a joke you know if he could really make it in there if 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 a guy like this you know 70 year old failed businessman time and time yeah. again he I guess what got him in was his celebrity because you're popular. President Obama. And he didn't even win the popular vote. He said to Donald Trump before any of this all started, you'll never be president. He said the one thing, he said, you might be many things, but one thing you'll never be is president of the United States. 
and I think that might have started <clears throat> the fire that might have ignited the the passion for uh, Trump to go ahead and uh, it's kind of imag- hard to imagine him having passion I feel like they just kind of prop him up like they do Ozzy Osbourne you know Ozzy Osbourne's about to go on another world tour but Ozzy Osbourne, like, <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> just like me and you just like Trump is a real person <laughs> Yeah. And he was at one point a baby in his life, you know what I mean? And he was failed somewhere along the line when his dad gave him all that money or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's not for us to judge. No. He's, he's put in a position. That's not what I it, meant. It says in the Bible somewhere that, and this has gotten me a lot of peace, and <laughs> some people, you know, especially intellectuals, will point at the Bible and say, you know, you're stupid for believing anything in there. But there are some good moral um, things to take from it. And one thing it says is, there are people appointed above you for a certain reason. You may not like them. You may not agree with them. You may work ten times harder than them. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't exactly how it's worded in uh, uh, the King, New King James Version. I, I, don't, I didn't think and, so. Yeah. But based, the, the moral of the story is that there's people put a, uh, above you for a reason. And it's, it's not for you to judge why they're put above you. But it is there for you to learn a lesson. And it's up for you to discern the lesson from you know your own feelings and your own you see i'm all behind the curtain whenever i'm talking like i meant it in that i see trump and ozzy osbourne as husk of people Mm. like all of their life force has been sucked out through Mm. chasing capitalism hard living drugs and alcohol and like sex and rock and roll like that takes all this stuff takes things from you and so now they're like in the sunsets of their life with huge obligations and I feel like people are just taking advantage of them be it you know Ozzy Osbourne's record company and you know big pharma and big military you know trying to control the sit president. on each side of the shoulder yeah he's very easily manipulated oh yeah yeah so especially I don't, if you say oh yeah you can build a couple I don't really think about here, Trump like as the man at yeah. all I, that never comes, yeah. like, I don't really have any opinions on his character, because, like, that's not who he really is, whoever is being represented on TV. Like, that's not the same Donald Trump from the 90s that was, like, on Oprah and talking shit and being on Home Alone. All the, rap- all the rappers were dropping <laughs> Trump's yeah. name. They wanted to be neighbors with Trump because yeah. he represented a rich person. That's not the same person that we're dealing with today no. as our president. No. That's a good point. So that's kind of what I meant. So I don't really even think of it like that. I simply see the powers that be the capitalism wheel that is going to, you know, take shape over whoever is in power. Well, I don't think too many people are actually thinking about it. I think so many people are just enraged and so ready to react and so ready to just spew whatever type of frustration they have. One thing that has really been helping me out lately is when I get upset with someone or if someone gets upset with me, if something is not going perfectly <laughs> right in my life, I really try to look and see, okay, where is my problem in this? What can I do about my personal feelings about this? Like today I went to go get my kids and my son wasn't where he was supposed to be. He's got this new job working, you know, raking leaves for some old lady or whatever. I don't know who this lady is. I don't know where he is. On Monday, we're supposed to run a mile every single day. I got upset. I couldn't get a hold of him. He doesn't have a phone, you know what I mean? And my daughter knew where he was. I knew, they knew in what neighborhood he was in. He was with a kid who had a cell phone, but because they're working, they're not answering the cell phone. They don't know, you know, and I'm worried because I'm a parent. I don't know what's going on, but being a single parent and not being able to communicate with uh, 
their mother the way I, I need to, you know, for, for reasons we're not going to mention, uh, it, it makes things difficult, extremely difficult. So I get worried and I get upset. And when he finally did call, when I was about five minutes, you know, from back, back to going to, back to my house with my daughter, already ruined all the plans of going to the Y and running and doing our, our workout, you know, he calls me up and I, I, I yelled at him. I screamed on him. You know, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I told you, Monday, Mondays, we're supposed to do this. Oh, I had work. Dude, I told you, like, we have an obligation. On Mondays, you don't work. You know, this this is the only time that I, you know, this is the allotted time that I'm allowed to come and hang out. This is what we've scheduled. So you got to respect that. And when I get off the phone with him, I could tell he was upset. And as soon as I hang the phone, I'm upset. So I could have handled it differently, but... You know, and then of course my daughter's sitting shotgun and she's like, well, that was really mean. Like, you were really mean to him. Like, well, I, I was upset. And I I got upset because I know he's hanging out with his friend and now he's crying. You know what I mean? That's not a good look. I remember when I was a kid and if I cried in front of my friends, it's embarrassing. You know, you don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that to my son. So it's like, what good was done by that? However, it's in the past. It was done. What can I do about it? You know, I'm, I'm, I, I did, I think if you were there, you would have gave me some credit because I did, you know, ask him how his day was and told him that I was worried about him and that I couldn't get a hold of him. So There are worse things than getting upset because your dad wants to spend time with you and you're not around. Well, the, the point that I was making is everyone's so quick to get so mad and get so... Yeah. But no one wants to really understand the nuances or what's really going on. No one wants to do the research and look into it. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on, but how much do we really know about it? You know, are we really... Is, is Journalism isn't what it used to be. People are just telling stories. The I hate to say it, but the uh, media is, you know, full of fake news and drive-by journalists and people that aren't doing the investigation they're just reporting what's a drive-by journalist someone that that <laughs> doesn't stop to get the facts doesn't okay. stop to do the interviews they drive by they see the house on fire hey and they see let's talk about some yellow journalism let's do it um, take me where you want to go i want to take you to the notorious make great america great again kids that got bust in from i think they were from kentucky and they happened to be doing an anti-abortion protest. They just happened to be? Yeah, that's what they came to D.C. to do. And there were some black Israelites present. There were some First Nations people president. 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 And <laughs> On the bus? No, no, um, once they got out to the mall. Okay. And so everybody was kind of doing their, you know, tribal thing out there. And... I think that some black Israelites started making some comments to the students, and it got ugly, and then the Native American guys, First Nation people, kind of walked over, and then that's where the infamous shot comes in, with the First Nations guy, the elder, beating a drum, and there's this young teenage white boy with a red hat on, making America great again, emblem stitched into it, and he's like, just smiling the most smug, you know, entitled look. And, oh, Twitter went off. Facebook went crazy. It was all telling the story about this disrespectful kid who comes and gets in this poor, you know, Indian's face, you know, and 
look how messed up and hateful this group is, but that's not what that's not what happened at all. <laughs> you know, the next day the the extended video was shown of, you know, the black Israelites being the aggressors and the Native Americans who thought that the, you know, white boys were disrespecting them. That's when they got in their face and so, you know, um I don't know, it's really important to just take a step back and see how we're being manipulated. You know, whenever you look at something or read something online and it makes you feel something, always question it. Yeah. Look at the fire festival. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Shout out to Ja Rule. Yeah. Holla, holla. Um, yo, um, honestly, Vinny Vedovici was one of my favorite CDs. I was a huge DMX fan, and right as, you know, DMX was kind of rolling off into the sunset with all his millions uh-huh. Ja Rule was kind of picking up and then 50 Cent came along and fucking ended his career but I was a big Ja Rule fan for a long time <clears throat> and then you know Ashanti came along and softened him up and then 50 came along with the coup de grace but that's all history and that's not what we're talking about I think uh, Martin Luther King had a name that was meant for greatness and I think he definitely uh lived it out like uh wasn't his father really accomplished too? Yeah. Another pastor. A pastor, right? Yeah. That was another thing. Like he was he was strong with his faith, like I uh I I admire the guy. I wish I need to do more research into it. I need to look into the uh conspiracies too. Maybe we'll do uh a little follow-up on the Truth Seekers podcast that we do here on the, the SOJ Conversation channel. Uh, and maybe I'll look up some facts for that. Mm-hmm. Well, while I've got you here, I definitely want to pick your mind a little bit oh. about um, a few different things. You got a lot further in academia than I did. Yeah. When you studied civil rights, what kind of... Uh, what kind of feelings did you go through at that point? Because you, as a woman, as a black woman, as a smart black woman, um, must have had... Uh, Sometimes, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, <laughs> we, you told me earlier that intelligence is a matter of being fluid and being mm-hmm. able to you know, adapt to certain situations that you're in and, and being able to pick up new information and discard old information that's no longer... Uh, necessary or factual because it's been disproven or debunked. Oh, I said that? Uh, in fewer words, but <laughs> that was what I got from it, and I agree. But um, what were your feelings learning about, you know, some of these oppressions? Like, I, I feel like it gives you this attitude to um, let people know. Like, I, I got a more interesting story. Um, I remember first learning about race whenever I was um, in elementary school, middle school, whenever we were finally starting to get a little bit of self-awareness going on. Like a the 50-yard dash? Or and like... then I just remember hearing about, you know, black history and what whites did to us, and I was like, what do you mean I'm black? <laughs> you know, I was like, what is, is that my side? That's what happened to my people, people who were brown and shade like me. And it's like, this is how we got treated. We were the second class students, and I have to fall into that group. And then there were themes of this all throughout my academic career. Like, we even did like a race 
report card while I was in high school at Myers Park that took all of the test scores and broke them down by race. Like, you know how you have to select what race you are whenever you take state exams and things like that? Like white, mm -hmm. Asian, whatever. They broke the test scores down and it was like whites on top and then like the Asians and then like the Hispanics and the black people like got an F. It was like A, B, C, D, E, F with like your race next to it. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, wait, <laughs> I'm black, but, like, I have to be in the F group, even though I didn't, you know, underperform. You know, it just, oh. How old are you? I was, like, what? I was, like, my senior year of high school. It was That's like, when you found out about race? Well, no, no. You really aren't that smart. I gave you way too much credit. No, you aren't listening. I talked about when I found out oh. when I was small. This is okay. the theme oh, okay. of being reminded oh. constantly that I'm different yeah. or that, you know, people think that you're lesser or something like that. Well, uh, I never understood the concept of projects, you know, like low income housing, section eight stuff. It's a trap. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, there's a big, huge, uh, government conspiracy there that, you know, that the government's feeding in these illegal drugs and having certain people sell them to ruin these communities and keep them impoverished and to keep, you know, political powers that be in play to have these needs for these infrastructures and these huge buildings that are, you know, getting built very cheaply, very inexpensively to house as many people as they can. And then <clears throat> let's not even talk about the jail system, you know, the reintroduction of slavery that still exists today you know let's not even talk about that yeah but um we gotta we gotta wake up something's gotta give yeah you know uh, i think at least talking about it or acknowledging that it exists i mean i my main goal in life is to stay out of jail you know but i've been in a nine to five for the last nine years about to join another you know, company and slave my life away, and it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna sacrifice my time with my children. I'm gonna sacrifice this for the almighty dollar. I think that's where the evil comes into it. I think that's, you know, the common denominator in all of this is is probably money. The same thing that influenced that guy to kill Dr. Martin Luther King. You see why I'm anti-capitalist. Well, I I I understand it. You know, that's one thing you, you always push you me to see. You deserve to have the right to enjoy your life and enjoy your family. Still contribute something to society. Have a nice home. You know, these are these are your rights. That doesn't sound anti-capitalist at all. She knows. She knows. <laughs> she knows. Shout out to Fayetteville. Mm, Vietnam. My shit, my dude J. Cole holding it down. Um, what else you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you know about the third eye? The third eye? I saw a baby with the Cheerio on his head. <laughs> Lord Woogerton. <laughs> he had a little Cheerio. He did it Paste it on his forehead. He, I'd never given Cheerios and milk before, like, I was, like, cereal, and he was loving it. He, I think he requested three bowls. Oh, and he requested. <laughs> he just kept banging the spoon on the thing, and he just kept filling it and up. And I huh? had to oblige. Yeah. yeah. And he would stick his whole face 
in the bowl once the Cheerios got low. And he I remember you, so you're like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, what? Just trying to be efficient, trying to get it all. He's a good kid. Yeah, he's a good baby. Um, I don't know. What are you going to tell him about uh, Martin Luther King? Well, he's in the, I'll probably talk to him more about Barack Obama because that's actually closest to his story. You know, people like to think, forget that, you know. But he's going to have days of school off. I challenge you to, to look, make him Wikipedia him. Every day he has off, give him like, you know, or every MLK day, if, if there's something, if he says he's bored, make him look up facts about him the same way you've done with my kids. Hmm. Give him a book report, you know, make, make him look up something new. You know, write a couple sentences about it. I'm a natural teacher, I think. Yeah. I like doing that. I like yeah, but them. but I am very guilty of this. We have a tendency to spoil our own children. And we're able to be uh, strict with other people's kids because that, that same love isn't there. You know, you want your kid to be perfect and happy. And you don't ever want them to cry or be frustrated. So you're tempted to... You know, not let them make dinner if they mouth off or, you know. Is that what happened tonight? Well, (laughs) I was upset about Tyler, you know, Mm. um, not being there and uh, my son not being where he was supposed to be. And I didn't didn't want to, I didn't want that to roll over too much, but it did. I think that the fact that you're worried about it means everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up the MLK Day thing, because mm. that's that's what I was trying to go back to. That. Okay, well, I don't know. In closing, I think the spirit of Martin Luther King living on is probably the most important part of, of this story. You know, everybody knows in their heart who MLK is and like what he's supposed to stand for and what he meant. Um... I think a famous speech or a question that kids get asked is like, if Martin Luther King were here today, like what would he say about the state of the world? And he would be going viral. He would. Yeah. He would probably have a podcast. Maybe. It'd be called... You think he would get adopted like um, Bernie Sanders into like old people, cool kid internet culture? Probably. Mm. I don't know. I think if he would have lived on, I think he would have done a lot more. I think we'd have progressed further and faster. I think that was the tragedy. I think his, his light was snuffed out before its time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, R.I.P. M.L.K. Mm-hmm. S.O.J. Arrivederci. Mm-hmm. Black cleat out.